Hello, hello, listeners. Welcome back to episode 33 with the They See Damsels. This episode is super special because we have an awesome guest speaker with us today, Herman Carr, a writer, spoken word artist, who focuses on the complexities that come with being a Punjabi Sikh woman. Herman, we are beyond excited to welcome you onto the show. I'm so happy to be here, guys. Um, this is a really exciting opportunity, and I'm so excited to see what we talk about today. Awesome. So without further ado, let's dive right in. So Herman, do you want to go ahead and kind of just like introduce yourself to the audience and just familiarize yourself with them? Yeah, so um, my name is Harman Kaur, um, and I am, as you mentioned, a Punjabi Sikh woman, and I'm also a writer and the author of Folkari, um, which is a book of poetry that I wrote. Um, I was born and raised in uh, British Columbia, Canada, um, so that's where a lot of my experiences as a brown woman come from, and I have recently moved to the Bay Area, California, um, and I'm excited to see how that helps develop my writing further. Awesome. Cool. So obviously, first off, I feel like whenever you talk to a writer, like the first thing you want to ask them is like, why did you begin? Why did you start writing um, poetry and start doing like um, all of that awesome stuff? And like, how did that journey kind of like transpire for you? Yeah. So, I mean, growing up at a very young age, I was a big bookworm. And um, I was the kid who would uh, get a light and read under the covers at like 12 a.m. And my mom would catch me. Um, And it was Harry Potter that actually fueled my obsession for reading. So I feel sometimes like I feel like I owe my writing to J.K. Rowling. Um, And what also helped was that my dad, he had um, he had a master's in English from Punjab and he really understood the the way that I gravitated towards writing in English and he really supported it um and I don't think that I could have gotten to where I am now if he hadn't been the one to support me um and yeah I mean I just grew up writing stories writing songs and eventually after I hit high school I think I kind of zoned in on poetry as being the medium that I wanted to uh write in and I've stuck with it ever since then Awesome. Um, since you mentioned your Potterhead, I feel like we have to ask you, what house are you? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, according to Pottermore, I'm a Ravenclaw. But my uh, my um, kind of excuse is that technically you get to choose. I mean, technically, Harry was a Slytherin. So I proudly tell everybody that I'm a Gryffindor and <laughs> nobody can change my mind. <laughs> yeah. Now, you mentioned your dad being um, your biggest supporter, and I think that's something I mean, Kushi can also relate with, especially with their parents and just this whole podcasting. Um, I remember when we first started, uh, we actually started because my dad got this random, like those big official podcast things. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, like we have this, like the actual real deal, like the actual thing. Why don't mm-hmm. we make an episode? So I think that's one of the things that also inspired us. But right. for our... Um, For your writing, what would you say inspired you to create your work? Yeah, I mean, it's such a cliche answer, but just life. Um, I mean, uh, growing up, uh, I'm 26 now for uh, for context. So growing up, uh, let's say 20 years ago, obviously, I didn't see myself in any of the stuff that I consumed um, in terms of reading and writing. And I was consuming a lot of stuff. Um, And um, yeah, it just uh, hit me um, at a certain point that um, I wasn't seeing my story or the story of my people. Um, But 
I'm not going to lie to you and say that it started off as this noble cause to create representation. I literally just started creating because it felt good. It was therapeutic. Um, I felt like it was something I wanted to pursue. But um, I would say as I began to mature and as I began to learn more about the world around me, eventually it did become kind of like a, a passion of mine to create representation for people like me. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's kind of what this podcast like targets, I feel like. Um, so what does the title of your book, um, Folkery, mean for those of the, for the people who don't know? So Folkari is actually, um, it's a kind of like not even a material i i would i would translate it to flower work um so it's kind of like this embroidery um i'm i'm pretty sure it's not indigenous to punjab but it is seen a lot in punjabi culture um you'll see it um fulkari usually um is a broad term for like the janese like the scarf it's like usually it's like this flower work all across um the juni um but also it can be on like suits and nowadays um like there there's modern punjabi brands who have taken it and put it on like like uh streetwear uh you see fulkari on like hoodies um and so it's really cool it's really versatile what you can do with it um but yeah so i chose that name because uh one i'm a very colorful person um, and if you've read the book, you'll see the the metaphor of a Fulkadi throughout all the chapters. Um, and mostly because I wanted a name that would represent my people. And um, I wanted it to be intentionally Punjabi. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I chose that name. Gotcha. That's awesome. What role do you see poetry playing in preserving and celebrating cultural heritage? Um, well, I would say that it is a medium of writing that is easily digestible. Um, and I think that with the rise of, um, you know, poetry and um, as like this like popular uh, form of um, of writing, um, I think that people find it easier to read that than to maybe pick up a book and read it cover to cover. Um, it definitely is a really awesome way of conveying a, a large idea in such a small form. And I think that, um, you know, it, it encourages people to kind of stay in touch with their roots, um, especially if what they're reading is encouraging them to do so. So, um, yeah, I think, um, and especially in Punjabi culture, poetry is actually such a big part of our culture. And I think a lot of Punjabi youth out in the West don't recognize how big of a part of our culture that is. So um, it's actually something that we should be engaging in in, a term, in terms of staying close to our culture. So um, I think it plays so many different roles. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, like definitely like Punjabi music, like the alliteration and like the kind of like the metaphors and the similes they use are very like poetic in a sense so I totally see where mm -hmm. you're coming from yeah um so what like so obviously like being like an up-and-coming author like have you ever faced any like critical challenges or like basically just criticism when mm -hmm. you write about your own culture because obviously like in this growing world people aren't always like super accepting of these things mm -hmm. 
yeah, I mean, obviously you get the few racist people. That's just a given. I don't even see that as an issue anymore. I feel like we get so desensitized to it. Um, and in other other forms, I feel like it would be from my own people. And simply because um, I'm somebody who was born outside of Punjab, I was born and raised in the West, but I feel so connected to Punjab and I feel like that's my real home. But they're the criticism and sometimes it is valid. Um, to an extent, uh, and uh, most of the time it's unfair, is that how can you speak about Punjab? How can you talk about Punjab's issues, but you don't even live there? Um, and I give that some value, but not a lot, because I do think that it doesn't logically make sense. Um, I should be able to talk about where I come from, even though I don't live there. Um, so I think that's really only the only um, kind of if you want to call it criticism, I get, but I usually don't take it to heart. Yeah, no, we totally understand because especially us, we're both first generation immigrants. Mm -hmm. So it, not even just like for our podcast or like our work in general, but just like our day to day lives, especially like when we go to like the temple or we do religious gatherings, or anything like mm -hmm. that, sometimes it does feel like a rift, especially like for me, like with my cousins back in India and they'll be like, mm -hmm. oh, like you celebrate blah, blah. Da, 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 over yeah. here it's like yeah, yeah like everything's the same over here right and i think yeah. that's where it comes to like 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 i feel like being first generation immigrants we're like the asterisk like we're like right. the people who don't fit into like a certain group because i'm either like too indian or i'm not indian enough right yeah. too whitewashed um so being able to fit into like this kind of like norm is super confining and like super hard to do it is i know uh, my head yeah and I feel like it can be super suffocating. And then I've seen some people who completely give up on that part of their identity. And they're like, you know what, screw this. I'm not identifying as Punjabi or Indian. Um, I'm just now going to identify as this country I live in, whether it's like America, Canada. And that's really sad because you give up on such a big part of you. And then it's just lost for the next generation. So, yeah, I definitely understand that struggle. Yeah. Like I, remember I think it's a good school. oh sorry yeah <laughs> no no you're good I was actually gonna say something about middle school yeah I know for us it hit the hardest in middle school because you know that's the awkward mm -hmm. stage of life like especially like for young teens um adolescents and how it's like you're trying to find like who you are trying mm -hmm. to fit in and it's just like it's kind of hard like for yeah. me it was like I was trying to find my people and I found people but they weren't my people and they were yeah. kind of just like people who are like you need to be like us or we're gonna you know call you these names make fun of you mm -hmm. so I feel like this is just such like a common experience we face nowadays even though like things are changing for the youth I feel yeah. like it's kind of just like a rite of passage yeah no I yeah. agree and I do think that like like the coming generations will go through it less and less especially as you know we have kids or, or kids have kids it's gonna get less and less but what scares me about that is you know, you keep getting further and further away from your source. So, I mean, I, and that goes back to my writing and why I do it is to keep people, you know, as close to that source as possible. Yeah. So what what's your favorite line or verse or idea in your book? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's so much of me in there. Um, uh, there's um, certain poetry um I think instead of line I think I would say what like subject is my favorite um and I would definitely say that my writing about my parents 
um, and all the different topics that come with that is my favorite. Um, it's also a lot that's been well received on like social media as well. It's usually those poems that go viral. Um, but I love the poetry I've written about my parents and their experience as immigrants in this new country. And um, that's one subject that I'll never stop writing about. Yeah. And then, I mean, when it comes to immigration, can you like expand a little bit more on like how that affected your parents and your family? Because like every yeah. immigrant family has like a different way of kind of talking about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I mentioned before that my dad had his master's in English and um, that's actually a really big um, accomplishment even for today. And he did this like 20, 25 years ago. Um, and, you know, if he had stayed in Punjab, he would probably have ended up as like a principal or retired by now, just living such a relaxing life. But the fact that he decided to immigrate to Canada at that time um, meant that he had to give all that up because he came to Canada with nothing. He tried to, um, you know, get a job in the field that he was actually, you know, um, accomplished in. And they told him that, you know, you have to upgrade your education, your degree doesn't mean anything here. And now as a a father of a child in a new country, you have to think about whether you can afford to upgrade your education or if you're just going to suck it up and, you know, do manual labor. And that's what he did. And that's what he's been doing now. Um, and I think that experience and knowing that information has been the thing that's shaped me for the rest of my life. Just knowing that my dad gave up his career and his education so I could have a career in an education. And that's just shaped me for the rest of my life. And I'll never forget it. Yeah, like, I know that my mom also did something similar. Like, she used to be, like, um, like a principal or something like that at, at school. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then she got pregnant with me. So mm-hmm. at in India, I mean, the cultural norm is that you can't be pregnant and do work at the same right. time. So right. she had to quit her job that she had been working for, like, her whole life. Like, she went to a really, really prestigious engineering college and did all of this stuff just to get to this position and then it seems like she just felt she she was just like so easily disposed of once mm-hmm. she wanted to start a family and stuff like that so yeah I totally see where you're coming from yeah and going back to the topic of like truly finding yourself do you believe that um your um your writing helped you learn more about yourself but not just as a writer but also as an immigrant yeah definitely I mean there's something weird about writing where it's like if you really sit down and you start writing, like that's why I find journaling and keeping a diary so helpful is because sometimes you write stuff out and then you're like, wait, wow, I never thought about that. Or wow, like this is what I feel. Like sometimes you don't know what you feel until you put it out on paper. Um, And yeah, that's actually like really helped me see, you know, how much I've grown or how much I haven't grown, how much I've changed, how much I haven't changed. And, you know, I'm working on my second book now and looking back at Fulkari, I see how much I've even changed as a person from from when I wrote Fulkari. So writing, I feel like is like a really great tool to see how much you've progressed throughout life or haven't progressed and it's really helped me um, get more in touch with my story with my parents story and kind of explore it on a deeper level that's awesome that's really powerful um so i mean i guess can you share like any advice for people who are aspiring to be poets or writers who are interested in writing about their own culture and their own diversity but kind of don't know where to pick up the pen 
Yeah, I mean, one of the best um, pieces of advice I was ever given when I first started writing um, was basically, and this is also super cliche, but be yourself. And what that means is in um, a society that relies on like capitalism, so like a capitalistic society where people who write about like general stuff like love or like heartbreak, which is which is really important, by the way. Um, but people who write about stuff that everyone can relate to obviously will sell more, right? But if you as a writer feel like your work needs to just be something everyone can relate to, then you're not being true to yourself. So that was actually a big thing that I struggled with in the beginning when I was writing, I was trying to write with like a universal kind of, you know, like paintbrush in mind. Like I wanted it to be like somebody would go into a bookstore, pick up my book and be like, yep, I relate to every single thing in here. Um, but my my advice is it's actually better if not everyone can relate to it, right? So that's why Fulkadi, I was intentionally made in a way where it would be, you know, specific groups of people that could pick it up and relate to it. And it was not for everyone. And yes, that usually means that you're not going to sell as many books. That usually means you're not going to have as many followers, but that doesn't matter. Like having a universal book, I don't think your impact on this world is going to be as much as if you actually write your own authentic stories. So that is my biggest advice for anyone who is wanting to start. Yeah, I think originality plays like a big deal in books because I feel like because I'm also a bookworm myself and I feel like mm -hmm. every single book that I pick up because I picked up so many books but I haven't finished all of them and I feel like the thing that allows me to like finish a book and really love it is the fact that it's different from other books and you know I do like my favorite tropes and stuff but you right. know every single book has its own thing and especially like um books and especially with like poetry on a deeper level something like that reflects the own author where you can because I feel like with that, you can find something to relate to, even yeah. if it is like the author story it just doesn't have to be exactly what you experienced. Right. Yeah. Like in my book, I've written about immigrating from Punjab and it's resonated with people all over the world, even if they're not specific, uh, specifically, sorry, from Punjab, because they can just in their mind fill in that word with wherever they came from. Right. So your work will resonate with the right people. So um, don't try too hard to make it resonate with everybody because it's never going to. Yeah, because I feel like if you write like from your soul, it will it will touch somebody's heart. It may yep. not touch like me like other people that you may hope that it would, but mm -hmm. it would touch somebody's. Definitely. And if, yeah. if you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? Like any advice or just anything in general? I think it would go along the same lines of what we talked about in terms of my advice. Um, it would just be stop trying to please other people because when you try to please others, you're not being authentic and your work isn't genuine. Just, you know, it's just, it's so funny. Like you just need to just relax and just chill out and write and, and everything else will follow literally. Like if you, if you overthink it or if you stress too much about it, it it's not going to flow the way that it needs to. So just chill out. <laughs> yeah yeah wow that's that's perfect advice for me and Samia because we're about to go into our senior year so we definitely yeah. need yeah. that <laughs> I mean I mean obviously don't be passive about it you obviously need to do the work but like I'm such a huge believer in like the universe and I'm religious so I, I believe in God and just everything works out I mean it might not work out right when you want it to but it will eventually and 
I feel like that's what's gotten me this far. And that's literally what I'm going to let me like carry me throughout the rest of my life. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I feel like this was super insightful and we learned a lot from you and it was super, super fun having you on the show. So of course, thank you so much for your time. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) And well, that's all we have for you guys today. Make sure to check out Harman on out on her socials and purchase her book on Amazon today. We will link places to purchase in the description below. Then Yavad. Or Kushra. Daisy Damsel is out. <laughs>